It's time now for St. Mary Healthline. Your health is your most precious asset, and every Wednesday at 9 a.m., you can tune in for advice on how to better manage your health. Hear about important medical issues from the doctors and professionals across all service lines from St. Mary Medical Center. So without any further ado, it's time now for the St. Mary Healthline. Good morning and welcome to the St. Mary Healthline. Great to be with you today here on 1490 WBCB. And we are joined by Dr. Justin Harmon, a urologist at St. Mary Comprehensive Urologic Specialist. Dr. Harmon, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning and thanks for having me. Uh, our pleasure. And we're going to talk about robotics during the show. Domo origato. We're talking with Mr. Roboto here. Uh, you are the robotics guy when it comes to surgery. But before we get into that, Dr. Harmon, uh, tell us a little bit about your background, about how you became Mr. Roboto. Sure. I, I've been, <clears throat> excuse me, I've been practicing for about 15 years now. And if you roll the time back, uh, robotics was in its infancy at that time. I did my training in Paris which is where they pioneered minimally invasive surgery for urology and uh, essentially the the robotic techniques that we know now. Um, Since that time, uh, I've been at several institutions uh, and most recently recruited up to uh, Bucks County at St. Mary, where I direct the robotics program here. International man of medicine. What was it like studying medicine <laughs> in, in Paris? I mean, I, I, as you said, it's a, it was a burgeoning field at the time, but also seemed like that was where uh, it was kind of some cutting-edge stuff going on. Yeah, it, it, it was interesting. At the time, there were only uh, maybe two or three robots in the greater Philadelphia area, which you know now individual hospitals own two or three. So it was a different time. Um, but that hospital in, in Paris uh, was a very, very high-volume center, something you didn't see in the United States at that time. All right, so you kind of started at the beginning. Uh, let's start here uh, kind of at the beginning of the, of the topic of robotic surgery. What is robotic surgery? Uh, different types of procedures so, can be done with the help of, of robots these days? Yeah, so it's basically a transition from standard laparoscopic surgery. Most people are uh, familiar with laparoscopic gallbladder removals or appendix removals. Um, And this involves making smaller incisions, um, almost the width of a dime, uh, through which we perform the surgery. Uh, Laparoscopic surgery was challenging for urologists because we do a lot of reconstruction. We do a lot of sewing and tying different structures back together. So laparoscopic surgery was very challenging. Um, Robotics uh, came to play where the robot basically has small joysticks that allow us to control a device that's within, within the abdomen. So through those small incisions, instead of placing standard uh, instruments that almost look like sticks, we have instruments that can articulate like the human hand that allow us to do sewing and complex reconstructions that we now can do um, and still give the patient the benefit of having the small incisions. 
Wow. So uh, right now I'm watching the Netflix documentary High Score, which talks about the video game industry and how it came to be. And I'm thinking as you describe this process that it almost sounds like you're in front of one of those old video game consoles with the controllers in your hands. And as you do that, I would guess you're you're looking at a screen to see uh, what is happening with the patient. That's exactly right. Um, there's a lot of hand-eye coordination, and the video games early in life certainly did help. Um, but uh, no, you're you're exactly right. We See, there, mom and dad, uh, the video in, games uh, can be helpful, right? <laughs> um, but we have a three-dimensional monitor that allows us to see things. Um, almost like the classic Viewmaster. You know, you look in and you basically see the three-dimensional objects, and that allows us to um, see the smaller structures. It's also magnified uh, almost up to 12 times. And along with that, you know, we can see our instruments within the field and navigate them as such. Wow. So, I mean, it's so fascinating. What what kind of robot is being used in, in urologic-based surgery? Um, what does the robot look like? So there's a surgeon console. It's basically a two-part robot. There's a console where the surgeon sits, and that's where the jo- joysticks are, if you want to think of it that way. <laughs> right. There's one for each hand. There's a standard operating room table that most people are familiar with. The patient lies there. Um, the first part of the procedure is where the surgeon will make the small incision and put the little... Uh, what are called trocars, which are little devices that guide the instruments through the skin. Um, and then we'll attach the robot. The robot has four arms. Uh, one's a camera arm to see, and three others are movable arms. Once we attach it to the patient, then we leave the patient's side. Uh, there is an assistant left at the side to navigate uh, things closer to the patient, and we operate from the console. And the the, the robot itself, I, you're talking about the, the two different parts. What kind of training goes into uh, being able to take care of one of these procedures or handle this types of, of technology? Is there an engineer that's there that, that's kind of on site or a technician that's part of a, a robotic surgery process? Yeah, there, there are a few layers, um, both with the robotic company from a support perspective, but also within the hospital, we have coordinators that, that directed. And, you know, 15 years ago, that was obviously more of a concern. We're so well-versed in the process that, uh, you know, everyone that enters the room have, has some foundation uh, on the care of the robot and troubleshooting any, any problems. Of course, it is technology. So, you know, you certainly run into t- to things here and there, um, but they're all you know, obviously correctable problems. It's technology, but there's a human element as well. How much practice goes into being ready to take on this type of, of procedure? I would imagine the result, it, it must be safer for patients. Um, you know, I, there's still a human element there, but uh, I'm imagining these robots can do much more fine and, uh, and dexterous movements. Right. It's... Um Obviously, with more practice, uh, the more foul shots you shoot, you're going to be better. Um, but one thing at St. Mary's, uh, my partner and I have uh, 15 years individual between us, uh, you know, 30 years of robotic experience. So 
one of the biggest questions you can ask your surgeon is how they how long they've been doing that because you, you know you want to be in experienced hands. Dr. Harmon, who is with us here for the Health Line today, is a urologist at St. Mary Comprehensive Urologic Specialist and also an expert in robotic surgery. Dr. Harmon, uh, what types of uh, urologic conditions have patients uh, maybe consulting about robotic surgery? So um, almost all of our cancers are treated robotically nowadays. Uh, it's very rare to have to make a large incision um, to, to, to perform a surgery. Um, that includes kidney cancer, adrenal cancer, which is a little gland that sits above the kidney, uh, cancer of the ureter, the tube that connects the kidney and the bladder. Uh, prostate cancer is obviously a very common one, um, and bladder cancer. These are all uh, tackled robotically. Um, you know, if it's a kidney cancer, for example, we'll specialize in removing just the bad part of the kidney and preserving the rest. We also operate on non-cancer-related diseases, uh, blockages in the tubes that uh, connect the kidney to the bladder, um, different uh, issues with non-cancerous enlargement of the prostate. So most urologic conditions, um, you know, can be can be treated robotically in some way or another. Dr. Harmon, I don't, I don't expect you to have statistics right at your fingertips, but, I mean, it just stands to reason that uh, robotic surgery, I'm guessing, allows doctors to treat uh, different cancers maybe that weren't you weren't able to get to before, maybe things that were would be considered untreatable now, you kind of have a, a little bit more capacity to save lives? Well, it's not that we wouldn't be able to get there. It's the route through which we were getting there would be, um, you know, more morbid or, or have more side effects from the patient or for the patient. Picture making a, an incision the length of your hand to get something versus um, incisions the width of a dime. I mean, it, you know, the recovery time, all of those factors have greatly played into the benefits of this. I had an appendectomy years ago, and they had to go in the old-fashioned way uh, because of certain situations with how my organs were sitting or something like that. Are there still reasons why uh, robotic surgery uh, wouldn't work for some patients? Or, I mean, I, I would think now there's even the lap laparoscopic procedures are um, more ubiquitous, more universal, kind of. Yeah, I, you know, we can, uh, again, this all goes to the, back to the amount of experience we now have uh, with robotics that um, it, it's really a rare, rare find to, to have to turn a patient away. That's, that's from, great. From that approach. Right, I mean, I, it, you know, I still have my, my scar, and that's one of the benefits of these types of procedures, right? You have a, a quicker recovery time, less scar tissue, all of that stuff, and I would guess maybe even less, less infections and stuff, too, when, you, when you're taking – you guys, I imagine, are still scrubbing up, but maybe you're separated from the patient in a way that makes things more sanitary. Well, you, you know, your <clears throat> our natural protection is – the skin. So when you have less trauma to that, uh, you know, you can, that implies a less infection rate for sure. 
That's awesome. All right, we're talking about robotic surgery with Dr. Harmon today on the St. Mary Healthline. We're going to step aside briefly and get right back back to our discussion. We have uh, more. Maybe, uh, Dr. Harmon, you can let us know uh, about how long the recovery time takes with robotic surgery when we get back to the Healthline here on WBCB. A little bit more that we'd like our listeners to know about uh, the procedure, the process, and uh, also how that procedure or process maybe has been affected by COVID-19. Reassure folks with us here today on the Healthline that now there's protections in place and your screenings and all of those checkups you can do safely now. If you are interested in more information about what we're talking about or getting in touch with another physician, how you can get your checkup or screening scheduled, check out trinityhealthma.org. That's trinityhealthma.org, a website easy to navigate, and there's so much information for you there, including stuff on our guest today, Dr. Justin. Justin Harmon, who is with St. Mary Comprehensive Urologic Specialists, and we'll get back to the Healthline in just a moment. Pain is the enemy. Motion is victory. So the St. Mary Orthopedic Team replaces knees and hips. We mend spines. We mend people with brilliant technology and simple human kindness. So you can go home faster and happier. That's our mission. Call 8447-ST-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org slash ortho. Head out to Dion Square, located at South Oxford Valley and South Olds Boulevard, to get all your summer essentials in one place with the following businesses ready to serve you. Pat Dion Beverages, CVS Pharmacy, Smile Culture Dental, Biomat, Wayner Nationwide Insurance, Liberty Auto Tags, Pennsylvania Fine Wine and Spirits, Lee's Hoagie House, AutoZone, and First National Bank and Trust of Newtown. Make Dion Square your one-stop shop for all your shopping needs at Fairless Hills. We now return to St. Mary Healthline. Welcome back to the St. Mary Healthline. Good to be with you this morning and delighted to be joined by Dr. Justin Harmon from St. Mary Comprehensive Urologic Specialist. We're talking about robotic surgery and how it's making things safer for patients. Safety, protection, has been something people have been talking about much more, Dr. Harmon, with this COVID-19 pandemic haunting us. But still, people need to get their checkups and their screenings and make sure that they see their doctor when they're supposed to. I think at first people were concerned about those two things. It, we, we really want to assure people that it, it's safe to do what you need to do to protect your health. Yeah, that's, that's correct. And I... I, I, you know, when we were, um, when the the guidelines came out that we were allowed to do elective cases um, in the state of Pennsylvania, um, St. Mary, along with most hospitals, had a very uh, sort of well-oiled process to, to protect the patient and to protect the others, those others in the hospital. Um, all patients are obviously screened for COVID. Um, before they come in for their surgery, um, all protective barriers, all personal protective equipment, everything is uh, obviously fully stocked, and it is actually a very, very safe environment. Uh, the COVID patients 
if they do exist in the hospital, are at a, a different wing, uh, sort of sequestered uh, away from not only the operating room, but where the patients go after their operations. Again, that's a sequestered wing away from any COVID exposure. So it, we've seen an evolution and a very, very safe uh, overall procedure for management of, of surgeries during this time. Well, it's been quite a situation that we're all trying to work our way through. And uh, great to have the healthcare professionals from St. Mary Medical Center with us here on WBCB and with our community helping us all out. We want to send out a thank you to everyone at St. Mary and uh, not just at St. Mary Medical Center, but across the healthcare world for doing all of uh, the work that continues to go on to help to keep us safe. Amazing when we get together for the health line, we get to talk about things that are really futuristic. You know, we're talking about robotics surgery today. Dr. Harmon is able to help patients by almost working a video game machine and you have these amazing instruments that are helping to, to get patients back to action uh, sooner than, than later. How about nanobots, Doc? You know, we, we hear about all this technology, Dr. Harmon, and um, I, I've heard about nanobots, these like microscopic or little uh, robots, and they're there are some different robots um, that are, are at play. I, I don't know if it would be considered a robot where you swallow like a camera that goes down into the body and takes pictures of your insides and stuff. But all of that stuff is just fascinating. Are, are, we, are we at the point where, where there's nanobots that are being utilized in, in healthcare? You know, I can't speak outside of urology. It doesn't really apply to my field. Um, I know the gastroenterologist will have the camera right. bots that, you know, will be <laughs> swallowed for imaging. Um, with regards to robotics, we're, we're moving in different directions, uh, limiting our number of incisions. Uh, there are new generations of robots coming out where we can actually operate through, you know, through smaller incisions. Um, but, uh, you know, nanobots, not part of... Uh, at least my specialty. <laughs> well, who is an ideal patient for some of the services that we're talking about, uh, the uh, urologic robotic surgery that uh, is available at St. Mary? Yeah, so yeah, obviously this applies to both men and women. Um, there's, you know, we treat problems in, in, in both, uh, both gender. Um, we used to think of ideal patients, I think, when our when we were earlier in our learning curve because we didn't want uh, perhaps patients who are a little heavier because of other, um, you know, issues we have, you know, navigating the field, if you will, during the surgery. But uh, at this point, it's, it's really, uh, it's hard to exclude patients from, from the benefits of robotic surgery. So I can't say there's an ideal patient. Um, I think, you know, again, this far along in our learning curve, uh, most patients will be a candidate. I mean, typically, what's the process like for a patient? They see their 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 general practitioner, their family doctor. They get referred to you. Um, th- then there's, uh, I guess, an assessment as to you know whether or not their you know these procedures are going to be required for their 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 health. Yeah, I, we as urologists, as uh, subspecialists, will. Uh, we'll be seeing patients who typically will carry a diagnosis uh, mm-hmm. of prostate cancer or kidney cancer or, 
uh, other issues, they're sent here, um, you know, to determine that process typically from their primary care physician. That's correct. So proper screening for all cancers, of course, you should follow up with your primary care physician to make sure you're on top of things. You know, I think I'm overdue for a checkup probably myself. I have some prostate cancer in the family. Give us some of the guidelines again as we talk with Dr. Harmon this morning, uh, a urologist, about uh, what men should be thinking about, uh, the the typical checkups, and how that changes if you do have some, some family history. Sure. Um, there are several uh, guidelines that, uh, that have various recommendations. In general, as the individual approaches the age of 50, he should uh, have a conversation with his primary care physician about what's known as PSA testing and the general screening for prostate cancer. Uh, and that's based on a, a, a few factors of family risk um, as well as patient individual risks. Uh, if it maybe looking at the getting the, some of those screenings done earlier, if there is family history or, or 50 is kind of that the mark where they no, you can uh, are you know, even as early as the age of 45, you can have a baseline PSA performed just to see where you stand. Um, again, there are a lot of rule books on this, and uh, a lot of it comes down to the open conversation between the physician and the patient regarding the risk benefit of PSA screening. So, Dr. Harmon, what's the recovery like for a patient who goes through one of these procedures? I would guess it's dependent on the procedure and uh, a lot of different variables, but um, I, I'm guessing that it, you know your, your recovery is quicker than if you're going through laparoscopically than you would be if you had to open a patient up. Well, that's, that's certain. Um, the... The patients, because of the smaller incisions, obviously have a less pain requirement. Um, they have a less, a lot of less untoward you know, side effects from uh, the, the procedure. In experienced centers uh, such as St. Mary, you'll have less operative times because the surgeon can get through the procedure more quickly uh, to the benefit of the patient. We also have an enhanced recovery protocol, uh, which, which really uh, means giving patients uh, certain things before the procedure and during the procedure to make their recovery even uh, quicker. Um, some patients go home the same day. Uh, most patients, for more re- more complicated procedures, will stay overnight one night. So the recovery is is quite quick. Wow. What are what are some of the the treatments that are given? Is it just an- anti-inflammatory stuff that is um, administered during the procedures? Yep. Yes, we'll, we'll give medicines uh, to combat pain before the procedure, um, non-narcotic medications, simple as Tylenol or acetaminophen. Um, we'll also give anti-nausea medicines. Um, and, you know, we're, we're obviously with the crisis in this country regarding narcotics, all of these enhanced recovery protocols have limited our use of narcotics after the surgery. Um, so that's been a, a big help. And robotic surgery has certainly helped that process as well. Most patients um, after prostate surgery will only need uh, Tylenol or or, 
ibuprofen postoperatively. Wow, that's that's terrific and amazing to hear that the patients are home the next day, the day after. I remember when I got my uh, appendix taken out, they wanted me back up on my feet right away, and uh, I was kind of surprised that there wasn't more rest time. But that's part of recovery now is that you gotta you gotta keep moving. We do um, some some shows here on WBCB and uh, one of our guests always says movement is medicine and uh, that's I guess even the case when you're recovering from uh, this type of procedure yeah no we have a a very aggressive plan to try to get patients uh, home and back to their baseline activity level as soon as possible it's essentially the hallmark of robotic surgery what should patients look for if they're you're thinking about robotic surgery? Is it something that you should be selective um, between different healthcare networks? Um, what, what should they be thinking about when choosing a physician or hospital well, that offers this type of thing? That's a great question. Um, you know, experience is is one of the uh, the most important uh, features, uh, and that's something you should really be upfront uh, with your surgeon and asking the number of cases that they performed. Um, my partner and I, Dr. Jaffe, uh, we formerly practiced in the city of Philadelphia, and uh, we were basically brought out to St. Mary to, to offer that experience, uh, you know, in the suburban area. Now, uh, we have the city experience, but you don't have to travel as far for the local people. How about equipment-wise, Dr. Harmon? Is it, um, it, it is basically one surgery robot kind of similar to another? They are performing the same function and basically similar technology? Yes. Um, there's, there's not much variance. Um, there are new genera- newer generations uh, of, of robots that basically can tackle the same procedures. I mean, there's not much variance there. What would you like our listeners to know about robotic urological surgery and uh, just about the importance of uh, maybe maintaining your, your, your urologic health and um, what kind of questions should people even be asking their doctors about um, that, that type of system of the human body? You know, most uh, patients should be uh, aware of any changes in their urinary symptoms. Uh, they should also have a routine screening for urinalysis and blood work to make sure their kidneys uh, function well. And, of course, we talked about PSA. Um, I will say a few notes about St. Mary. Not only do we offer urologic procedures uh, that are done robotically, we have a multi disciplinary robotic team here uh, spanning all of the subspecialties of general surgery with colorectal surgery and bariatric surgery. Um, That's the weight loss surgery. Uh, We also have a very hearty gynecologic uh, and urogynecologic surgery team. Um, So we really, you know, span all specialties here outside of urology. (laughs) Well, Dr. Harmon, I want to thank you for joining us, uh, talking a little bit about what you do, uh, helping people with robotic surgery. I, it really is kind of fascinating. I mean, when you got into the field 15 years ago, uh, did you think, are, you know, are, are there certain things that 
you know, have surprised you developing during that time, how much the field has grown, and where do you think it's going from here? I I think what we've seen, because urologists were some of the first uh, to use the robot and to to benefit from it, we're we're definitely seeing it span to to other specialties um, that we classically wouldn't think would benefit but uh it's been it's been an amazing evolution to see the different specialties adopt the technology and use it to their benefit well to me it's it's really neat kind of cool nifty when we get to talk about the technology that's out there helping to save lives at saint mary medical center and uh, across the healthcare world dr Harmon, thanks so much for dropping the knowledge and breaking it down for us here today. And uh, we wish you the best throughout this uh, weird COVID-19 pandemic time. And uh, again, we just encourage listeners out there that uh, it's it's safe to kind of check in and uh, make sure that your wellness is first and foremost. And uh, trinityhealthma.org, a website which can help tell you a little bit more about what we've discussed today on WBCB and uh, you find out more about Dr. Harmon and uh, St. Mary Comprehensive Urologic Specialists. Again, trinityhealthma.org. Dr. Harmon, thank you so much for hanging out with us and uh, chit-chatting about what you do. Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. All right, that'll do it here for the St. Mary Healthline. Make sure to join us. And again, that website, trinityhealthma.org, to unlock even more information. Dear neighbors, our hearts live to fix yours. The St. Mary Cardiovascular Team stands ready to save your life in ways that are safer, faster, less invasive, and sometimes extraordinary. You see... That's our mission, to treat you with brilliant technology and simple human kindness. Call 8447-ST-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org slash heart.